Welcome to Ambo TV. Each week we bring you dynamic sermons from next generation pastors from across the country. And as always, they're bringing a fresh new style to the Word of God. And then we discuss them right here in studio. I'm your host, Dean. Hashtag, is it spring yet, Windsor? And today we have a great show for you. We have sermons from Georgia, Montana, and right here in New York. And first up is Pastor Jordan Poole at Hope Church in Warner Robins, Georgia. His sermon is titled, When Hope stretches. This is an encouraging word for anyone who may be so discouraged that you are afraid to hope again. Pastor Jordan wants you to know that God is saying to you to have hope again. And next, we go to Kalispell, Montana with Pastor Levi Lusco at Fresh Life Church. His sermon is called Anti-Fragile. Hardships and pain are a part of life. And Pastor Levi's message gives us great advice on how to remain strong in God during those hardships and not to fall apart as some of us usually do. <clears throat> Me, kind of. Lastly, we're going upstate to Valley Christian Church in Poughkeepsie, New York with our friend, Pastor Stephen Francis. His message is on the madness of anger. And he says anger is a neutral emotion and it's how we deal with anger that makes the difference. He's offering some healthy ways to deal with our anger. I'll be joined in studio by the one and only Pastor Joe Watkins of Christ Evangelical Lutheran Church in Philly. He's going to help us break down these awesome messages, but right now I want to get to Hope Church with Pastor Jordan Poole. Her answer shows me where her hope is at because she says, no, don't lie to me. Don't play with me. I can't risk getting my hope up again. I don't know if I have the emotional bandwidth to be disappointed again. I don't know if I can handle another rejection. I don't know if I can handle another loss. I don't know if I can handle another no. I, I've heard so many no's, I don't even believe there's a yes anymore. Don't, don't lie to me, man of God. I, don't play with me. And some of us have a hard time receiving because we've been rejected so much. Mm. We have a hard time receiving love, receiving encouragement, because we don't know if somebody's got an angle. We have a hard time receiving uh, men. We have a hard time receiving encouragement from other brothers in Christ because we didn't get it from a father. Men, we have a hard time approaching God as God the Father, Abba, Father. We can't even believe he would even adopt us into sonship because of how we had a relationship with our earthly father. Hmm. Don't play with me. Don't lie to me. Don't, don't you go getting my hopes up again. The last time I did that, I was, I was out for a month. I was out for a year. I couldn't even get myself together. I went in the bedroom, shut the blinds, and got in bed and slept all day. I can't handle another emotional roller coaster. I don't have it in me anymore. And her hope has fallen into this. Don't play with me. But the word of the God, word of the Lord says in the next verse, but the woman conceived because nothing can stop a promise from God. If he said he was going to do it, he will do it. Nudge your neighbor and say, he's going to do it. The woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come. Listen to that. God did it when he said he was going to do it. Up until this point, this woman had no belief that she could reproduce. This woman had no belief that anything was left in her. 
This woman had no belief that God could do something like that until, until something entered, someone entered into her life that made her stretch what she believed. And I, while I'm at it, she, he spoke to the woman that you're going to embrace a son. That means if he spoke to the woman and said you're going to embrace a child, that means God had to touch the husband too. That means, because remember, he's old, right? And <laughs> having any little blue pills back then. <laughs> so God had to supernaturally <laughs> cause, oh, oh, God, help me. Help me. All right. Had to cause. Life to come back. I'm going to say that and I'm going to try to move on. Because I, I just. He had to cause hope to rise, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So watch this. Elisha, y'all shut up. Elisha speaks the promise. So the woman not only had to grab a hold of it, he had to grab a hold of it too. Watch this now. And not only that, they had to actually, by faith, go and have sex. They had to go into the atmosphere to reproduce. They had to grab a hold. Oh, wait, he said we could have a son? I know I'm old, but let's give it a shot. Think of, this is the Bible. Like, this is hilarious. Think about it. They had to agree. Let's go in together. They had to agree that they both had something left. They had to agree that they still had destiny in them. They both had to say, I know you got it in you, and I sure got it in me, so let's go. Let's try to do, let's do this thing. Let's move forward. If God said we could have it, then let's possess it. Let's step into it. Let's move by faith. I know it don't make sense to all of our friends and neighbors. They said we're not going to have any children too, but, but a word from God will change the level of your hope. It'll cause you to stretch and do things that are crazy that don't make sense and have you showing up early and staying late and pacing the hallways of your household declaring things by faith all by yourself and let me tell you God sees you in those private moments he hears you in those private moments he sees the tears that you shed over what didn't happen but there you are still praying still believing still fasting still seeking and he says if they'll seek me first let me add all this other stuff to them according to my word I just want to know, is there anybody in here been believing that God's going to do it and now is the season? Now is the time not to shrink back, not to go back to this, but to... All right, Pastor Jordan Poole and joining me today is Reverend Joe Watkins. Thank you so much for coming back. Glad to be with you, Dean. All right, yo, now look, Jordan Poole went there. I had the car ride home from church that day. The kids asking what Hope Rises or Little Blue Pill. Gotta be, that has to be awkward. But the takeaway from this, so, you know, how, how important is it to have 
the people around you in agreement, yeah. you know, for hope to kind of live. Well, it's it's a good thing. I mean, I certainly even in church. I mean, that's part of the beauty of the of the church structure is to have other believers who who are there to encourage you, who agree with you, and who are there to encourage you when you're down, lift you when you're when you're falling, and, and to to keep you on that that path that leads to eternal life. So it's it's great when you have people who are in agreement with you, and especially a, a, a partner, a life partner. Now, I've been married for for a few years, and, uh -huh. <laughs> and, and, and my wife's my my best friend and and the love of my life. And it's great when we're in accord, which is most yeah. of the time. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, I love that. You know, and people ask me all the time too. You know, oh, you do you go out with your friends and you do this and do that. They they always look at me funny when I say, well, my wife's my best friend. Right. So yeah, you know, that's it's a good thing. It's kind of the way it should be, though, right? It should be. It should be. Your yeah. wife. I I think if your wife, your spouse ought to be your best friend. I mean, that's yeah. a great thing. Not just somebody who's who's a physical partner, uh, you know, sexual partner, but somebody who's your best friend who you can share everything in your life with, and and and, and especially your faith. You know, somebody who shares your faith and who can 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 pray for you and with you and can can uplift you and encourage you when you need encouragement. I mean, I, I think of all the times in my life when I've needed to be encouraged, you know, when I maybe had second thoughts about stuff and my wife was right there to say, honey, you know, let's pray about it and you can do this. You know, yeah. God is with us. We can do this. This, 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 this don't, don't stop worrying. I love this. Yeah. This is great. The power of marriage. That's how it's going down today on Ambo TV and we'll be right back with more Ambo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, bringing you next generation pastors from across the country. Before the break, we were checking out Pastor Jordan Poole, but right now I want to get to Kalispell, Montana, and Pastor Levi Lusco. I see this in Paul's life. Paul the Apostle, who wrote to the Romans, and he said in chapter 8, uh, that I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, you know this passage, nor nor things present or even things to come. These are the things that we, we either worry about or obsess over. Anxieties because of what's to come, and guilt and, and fear and shame over what's in the past, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that not resilience? None of those things can take us out. Resilience. But he didn't stop there. He also, in verse 28, said, and we know that all things, what things? Height, depth, angels, demons, fears, insecurities, shames, all the stuff that comes at us, life, death, all that stuff, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You see, we're not just going to be resilient. We're going to become anti-fragile so that the roaring wind actually increases the power of our flame. He said the same thing to the Corinthian church when in he, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he talked about verse 8 and 9, how we're hard pressed, but we, we don't get crushed. We're perplexed because, man, crazy crap happens, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken, struck down. We're not destroyed. What is he describing? He's describing resilience. And listen, you can't get to anti-fragility without resilience. So there has to be that. That's a crucial step. You, you, of course, can't be wiped out by the enemy who seeks to come against you, to lie to you, to steal from you, to essentially murder you. All of those things have to be in place with, with resilience. 
But Paul didn't stop there. He continued in verse 17, our light affliction, all that hard stuff, which is just for a moment when you compare it to eternity, is actually working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Not only are we able to be pushed on every side, but not crushed, knocked down, but not destroyed, to be perplexed, but to not be in despair. But every one of those hard things, every one of those dark days, every one of those brutal acts actually serves to help us understand more of God. I have more of a weight of glory. I actually am better because of it. I would never have picked to go through it, but because God allowed it, I faced it with worship. I faced it with perspective. And on the other side of it, I'm actually better. I'm actually fitter. I'm actually faster. I actually know more of God's grace. He has revealed himself to me in the midst of the fiery trial. This is how we can do what James said that seems so bizarre when he said it. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Wait, what? My brethren, count it all joy when your life falls to pieces. Now, that doesn't make sense unless you know that the testing of your faith produces patience and all of these great things that cascade out as a result of having patience. The point is, when trials come, our nature would be to go, that's terrible. Hate that. Where are you, God? Ah! <laughs> and instead, we're to go, I can't get stronger without weight being stacked on it. I can't build up muscle without my muscle being torn down. If God allowed it, I'll praise him in the midst of it. He's got a plan, and I'll be better on the back end of it. So where Job's wife said, when his life fell to pieces, curse God and die, he clearly has abandoned you. He instead bowed his knee and said, you give and you take away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Though you slay me, I will follow you. I will trust you all the way to the end. If you allowed it, I don't know why. You got a plan in the midst of it. So I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to worship you. Come on, I want to be the kind of Christian in 2020 that no matter what God allows my way, I'm going to worship even when it confuses me, confounds me, even when it runs contrary to what I think God's character should be like. I'm going to trust that he's doing a good job running the universe and that when I get to heaven, I'm going to say, you did all things well. Yeah. All right. That's the Levi Lusco. And uh, so he touched on something really briefly that I kind of want to circle back to because it was a head scratcher for me. So he said briefly that fear and insecurity can work for good. Like, what exactly does he mean by that? Because to me, and for most people, fear and insecurity, bad. You know, fear, of course, you know, people get scared when, when you can't see the way in front of you. It's like mm -hmm. if you're in a fog, uh, walking through fog, and you can't see five feet in front of you, that can be pretty scary. You don't know if Absolutely. something's coming your way. And you have to just trust, you have to just believe. And, uh, and so that's what he's talking about in part. I mean, when you don't know that where the next paycheck is coming from, when you don't have the guarantee yeah. of something, that's, that, those are things that cause fear. Okay. Or when you're worried about a doctor's diagnosis or what you know, a doctor tells you, you know, I'm not sure you may have whatever, that's fear. People get scared. And what he's saying is that, you know, you don't have a testimony without a test. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and you're going to go through some stuff in life. You're going to have trials. Things are going to happen to you. And, and, but when tough things happen to you, realize that God is just, just working on you to make you better and that it's just meant to increase your patience and your endurance. You know, you can't run a, a mile race coming out the, 
out of the box, you got to work up to it, right? Okay. You have to keep running and running every day. You got to run five miles to be able to run a mile, you know, right. easily. So. All right. So we're basically all just kind of in training, almost like training. spiritual training. Spiritual training nonstop. Right? All right. I love it. And with that being said, we're going to go ahead and throw it over to Poughkeepsie, New York and Pastor Stephen Francis. Depictions of Jesus on TV and in movies is they love to portray Jesus as this super happy, rolling in the flowers type individual person. But when I read the scriptures, I see Jesus as the OG. Jesus would show up to different towns with a crew of like 12 homies. Sometimes he had more people than that. There were the Pharisees and the Sadducees were like the other gangs of the time. And they'd be like, yo, Jesus, you ain't supposed to be healing on the Sabbath. And I see in my mind Jesus like clapping his hands. It's like, don't tell me what I can do on the Sabbath. See me in the afterlife. You don't want this problem. There's a passage of scripture, multiple passages of scripture, when Jesus walked into the temple and he saw that there were people that were selling and gambling different products. And Jesus got so mad, he left the temple, made a whip out of different cords, and started tearing the place apart. Have you ever stopped and thought about that? Like, how angry do you have to be to leave and make a whip? He made it. And I picture in my mind, Jesus is like, they think this is a game. Do you think I'm joking around? You think, that, you think I'm playing right now? <laughs> and, start, and he tore the place apart out of anger. But it was righteous and indignant anger. Jesus was ultimately angry at sin and death, which was the reason why he was here. His death on the cross and his resurrection wasn't just him expressing love towards us, but showing anger towards death and sin, which was keeping us separated from us and God and now giving us new life. All of that happened from anger. But the same way great things can come about from anger, we can also see that bad things can come of it too. Ephesians 4 verses 26 and 27 says this. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. The scripture here says you can be angry. Matter of fact, the scripture says being angry is a command. But don't allow yourself to fester in that anger. Otherwise, you give the opportunity for the devil to come into your life. Here's the thing. This word opportunity in verse 27 in the original language can be interchanged with the word room. The apostle Paul who wrote Ephesians here is saying, don't allow yourself to remain so angry that you allow the devil to reside in your heart. And this isn't the first time we see this type of language. In Genesis chapter 4, we see the story of Cain and Abel. And uh, in that story in Genesis 4, Cain and Abel, who were brothers, presented offerings to God. God blessed Abel's offering, but he cursed Cain's offering. And because of that, Cain became angry and downcast. And God says this to him, starting at verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, and you must rule over it. Not only is God saying that sin is trying, sin and the enemy is trying to enter your heart, but he's trying to rule over your heart through anger. This is why scripture says, that anger is a fire. It is dangerous 
and contagious. All right, Pastor Stephen Francis. I mean, look, our pastors are bringing it today. They're really vibing with the audiences, and that's kind of what you want to see. I love to see that kind of energy. Um, but circling back to what he's talking about, I need, I need some help today because a lot of these I'm, I'm having angry? trouble with. Are you angry? No, it's not that I'm <laughs> angry. I'm just so anger, okay, but only momentarily. Like, so it's okay to have a little bit of anger as long as we know how to get over it or. Self control. Self control. Okay. I mean, you know, you're going to get angry at life. Things are going to tick you off and annoy you. But yeah. self control, you know, let, let the spirit allow you to have self control to control yourself, to control your anger so that you don't blurt out something that you're going to be sorry for later on or you don't take some physical action for which you're going to be sorry later on. That's, that, that's when sin has control of you. That's when, okay. you know, but, but as long as you can control your anger, you know, and, and control yourself, you know, exercise, that's one of the fruits of the spirit, self-control, right? Temperance. Okay. I mean, that's a good thing. This is true. So then there's, a, there's another thing about a man that can hold his tongue. There you go. Can't. Tongue has no bone, but it's yet and still, wow can be very, very sharp and dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can't, if you can't control your own tongue, yeah. then there's no way you have control over your own life. That's correct. Right? That's correct. All right. So now when he's saying, you know, uh, anger can be a good thing, how is that practical in my life? Like, I just don't see that happening. Well, you're going to be angry. and Sometimes anger can move you, I suppose, to, to the next level. Okay. You know, uh, certainly if you're in a relationship with somebody, anger can move you to have a, 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 actually a very good discussion. Okay. as opposed to just lashing out the person and using your tongue as a weapon to make them angry. Right. But it can lead to a good discussion. I love it. All right. Yeah. Silver linings everywhere, y'all. And right now we're going to take a break, but we'll be back with more Ambo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, bringing a fresh new style to the Word of God. Before the break, we were checking out Pastor Stephen Francis, but right now, I want to get back to Pastor Jordan Poole. Drive forward. We're going after something. I'm going somewhere. I know where I'm headed has the power to change what I've done and where I've been and what, 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 he, what has happened in my life. See, that's a picture of salvation. If you'll just keep moving forward, you think you've got to stay attached to that old life, to that old way of thinking. And God says, no, I've made you whole. I've made you clean. You have been made new in Christ Jesus. So drive forward. And she shows up, remember, shows up, tries to grab Elisha's feet, and Gehazi's like, hold up now, Don. Chill. And he's like, hold on, no, 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 don't mess with her because God has hid from me what has happened. Elisha, this great man of God and prophet, don't know what has happened. He just asks, how is it? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your son? Is it well with your family? Her answer to Elisha when he asked this question, same three words, it is well. How could she say it is well when her son is dead on a bed? Because she knows he's not going to stay that way. Because she's got something called confidence. Faith is substance. See, the miracle is in your ability to stretch. Your miracle is in your stretch. If you never stretch, you're never going to step into it. But the, for those of us who say, I'm willing to stretch. I'm willing to look like a fool if I have to. I'm willing to speak it. I'm willing to work it. And I know it will come to pass. That's how this woman could say, it is well. It is well. It might not look well, but I'm declaring and walking, it is well. 
Elisha says, I don't know why I'm not, God has hid this from me. From me. Because God ain't going to show you everything. Some things you're just going to have to believe and stretch into. And he tells Gehazi some instructions. He says, I want you to run ahead, take this staff, and put it on the boy's face. Gehazi runs ahead. He goes to the house, puts the staff on the boy's face. Nothing happens. There's neither hearing nor speaking, the Bible says, from the young man. At this time, though, the Scripture says that, that the woman has done something. In verse 30, Elisha, uh, or excuse me, the woman said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. I'm connected to you. I'm not, I'm not leaving because God's using you in my life in, in miraculous ways. Where you go, I go. And so she said, I'm not leaving you. And the Bible says in verse 30 of 2 Kings 4, So he arose and followed her. Oh, wait a minute. She's leading the way now? That don't speak to somebody who don't believe something's about to happen. That don't speak to someone who don't think a miracle's about to occur. Because if she didn't believe it, Elisha probably had to drag her on. And say, come on, it's going to happen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's kind of like church people. Come on, we got to praise. Come on, we got to shout. Come on, I know it's raining outside. I know you're going to get your weave wet. But come on in anyway. Come on, come on. But for somebody who's expecting something, but for somebody who came expecting something, you ain't got to tell them they're out front, they're looking for it, they're waiting on it. Why? Because they know they got a promise from God. They know what God said. They know who God's called them to be. They ain't got to be pepped up. They ain't got to be primed up. No, no, no. They came in with a praise. They're leaving with a praise. All week they're going to walk with a praise. They're going to be tested, but they're still going to praise. Why? Because they got to be out front. They're expecting something. I'm expecting to win. I don't walk into situations expecting defeat. That's a mindset of, of a loser. No, I am a champion. I am victorious in Christ Jesus. So every atmosphere, every situation I face, I walk in knowing I've already won. You need to get that Larry Bird type fake who walked into the locker room at the All-Star game one year and he looked at all the other three-point competition competitors and he looked at them and said, which one of y'all coming in second? Because a champion knows what he's got. A champion knows who he's walking with and what he's walking with. Why? Because a champion has a history of victory. A champion has a history of winning. That's why I can walk in and say, devil, well, you're going to be coming in second. You ain't about to take my victory. I've already been appointed and anointed to win. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. Pastor Jordan Poole, always with the high energy. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting, interesting sermon. Um. So I just want to talk about the confidence in God and, and kind of that that's what he's talking about, you know. So I used to skateboard, bear with me for a second. I tried to get back to it a couple of years ago, went to the half pipe, the big ramp, looked at it, said, nope, not doing this. Is that kind of how our faith can work sometimes? If we fall away from our faith, from God for a little while, can we lose that confidence, that, that same belief that we had in God? Well, we shouldn't because God is never slack concerning his promise. I mean, I when God it. says it, he means it. And you can bet on it. You can you can bet on it. So we should never lose confidence. We should always uh, know that God is is good for His word and good at it. So, okay. so that just don't lose the confidence at all. Just forget it. Not have, like have that Larry Bird kind of faith. Have the Larry Bird <laughs> in the locker room kind of faith. I love it. And I mean, no, but but it's true though. So this lack of confidence can also be 
you know, a problem in every aspect of your life. So God is always with you. Always have confidence. And uh, with that being said, we're going to go and throw it over to one of our many confident pastors, Pastor Levi Lusco. See your whole life as a part of a solar system. A solar system. A solar system is, is fundamentally objects that are in orbit around a greater heavenly body. Come on, that's what God wants your life to be like. Let's be objects in orbit around a greater heavenly body. That is to say that we're not the sun. You're not the sun. I'm not the sun. None of us are the brightest thing around. None of, none of us are the biggest thing around. We're not the most important thing. What am I trying to say when I say, well, let's be a part of a solar system? I'm trying to say that Jesus Christ is the one who's glorious. He's the one who should be given all fame, all power, all majesty. Everyone will bow their knee at the mentioning at the last day of the name of Jesus Christ. His name is power. His name can save. It's the only name given. And so it's the name that we celebrate. And we say, I'm glad to be a planet. I'm happy to be a moon. I'm an object in motion around something that develops gravity. I'm an object in motion about something that keeps everything spinning. Thank you, God, for doing a great job running the universe. I'm happy to be a planet. I'm happy just to be a little moon going around, a little ring around this, this thing, because you are the one in the center. You are the one who Colossians says is the image of the invisible God. You are the firstborn Jesus over all creation. By you, all things were created in heaven and stuff on earth too. Things that are visible and things that are invisible. If there's a throne, if there's dominion, if there's principality or power, it was created through you and for you, through you, with your power, but also for you to bring you praise. I'm saying every planet, every sunset, every whale, every Grand Canyon. I'm telling you, it's all for the majesty and the renown of Jesus Christ. You were created to bring God glory. You were created to reflect his fame. You were built to worship. It's in you. And that's why you resonate with, with music, all music. Because the Bible says, as God created the world, the angels sang. It's almost as though God was humming. He was whistling while he worked. Why do, we, why do we respond so viscerally to music? Why is there such an emotional reaction? It's a part of our past. It's, it's baked into the, the essence of, of, the, of how God made this world. And the praise that will extend and unfurl on into eternity in heaven will be unending. The question is, right now, will we join the ultimate symphony? Will we take our reed instrument or our wind instrument or our brass instrument? Will we take part in the ultimate masterpiece production that is the ceaseless praise God receives from all of his creation that even now is bringing him glory and declaring his majesty day unto day? They utter his name. They give him glory. They praise his name. He is, verse 17, before all things. And in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. He's the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. 
The key to having a solid root system is seeing yourself as a part of a solar system, existing to spin around a heavenly body whose name is Jesus. And in all things, whether you eat, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, whether you drink, or whether for 21 days you're not eating as much and not drinking the same things, in all of these things, whatever you do, are you a carpenter? Are you a, are you a mason? Are you an EMT? Are you a stockbroker? Are you a science teacher? Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. There's liberation. There's power. There's stability. If I suffer, if I bleed, if I pastor, if I lead, I live and breathe to bring glory to Jesus. All right. I love how Pastor Levi Losco mentions how we're all kind of hardwired yeah. for music. And that's a great way yeah. to give praise and glory to God. But are there any examples in your life where, you know, you thought you were doing something boring, but it turns out you were you were giving glory and, and you were giving praise? When I was in seminary, I was an orderly for a while. I didn't even know what orderlies did okay. when I took the job. But you end up cleaning and caring for people who can't care for themselves who are older. And uh, I, I had to clean men in their 80s and 90s. And uh, it seems like, like difficult work and, and, and it can be mundane at times. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, I realized that I'm glorifying God by helping somebody else. And then uh, uh, the people can't tell you thank you. You know, they, yeah. many of them can't even talk. But at the end of the day, you know you're doing God's work and that, and that God has a purpose for you, even in the small things, even in the unskilled labor that you might have. He has a purpose for you. I love that. Yeah, he was grooming you from the start to be the awesome Reverend Joe Watkins wow, that we nice. have sitting right here on the Ambo <laughs> TV couch. I love that story. Thank you for sharing. You. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, but we'll be right back with more Ambo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, home of the next generation pastors. Before the break, we were checking out Pastor Levi Lusco, but right now I want to get back to Pastor Stephen Francis. Let's check him out. Proverbs 10, 19 says this, that too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. This, the scriptures is gangster sometimes. I told y'all. Proverbs 29, 20 says this, do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. Many times we'll start an argument just trying to clear our point, and by the end of the argument, we've called that person every name that we can think of. We've brought up past issues that they've struggled with, and instead of us finding solutions, all we've caused is a severe rupture in that relationship. Being slow to speak makes us think about what am I about to say, and how is this going to affect the person that's hearing me? How do I not just speak my anger? Because we're supposed to speak my, we're supposed to share why it is that we're angry that's healthy. But how do I do this in a way out of not just reaction, but out of reflection of what's happening in my heart? 
So one of the ways that I wanted to help anybody in here with that today who may struggle with having that slow to speak type of issue, in your Valley app today, and we'll probably post it online this weekend, we have the fair fight rules. And it's something that you can download, it's something that you can print, you can put it on your refrigerator or wherever that you can be reminded of it. And it's a way for you to develop rules, whether it's with your spouse, whether it's with your roommate, whether it's with someone in your family, that says, listen, if we're going to argue, these are the rules of how we're going to argue. And this is how we make sure that by the end of the conversation, we end up better than we were when we started. Ways of us being sure that we are slow to speak. And three, we need to be sure that we reduce stress. And that is us. Reduce stress triggers, which is us being slow to become angry. I don't think everybody in here is an angry person. I know many of you, and I love many of you, all of you in here, and, and I think you're great people. But let's be honest, there are certain times in the day, there are certain things that may happen to us where we're just a little bit more irritable than we usually are. So in us being slow to become angry, we need to reduce those stress triggers that may be in our lives. So I wrote down some ways that we can reduce those stress triggers. First, we need to eliminate hurry. There's a lot of us in here that just need to learn how to become more patient. And there's also some people in here, if I could be honest as your pastor, you just need to start maturing and leave for stuff on time or be early to things. It's okay to be early to things. But the more you do that, the less you have to live in a life of hurry, which can bring about anger. Next is downsize expectations. And downsizing expectations doesn't mean you don't have good expectations. I'm saying have great expectations, but also have an attitude that shows gratitude and don't just be so entitled. Two years ago, me and a group of other people went to Haiti, which is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Many of you, uh, and I would ask that many of you continue to have Haiti in your prayers because it was devastated by Hurricane Matthew. But when we were there two years ago, we were in a village called Circadi. Circadi had no power. Circadi had no clean running water. It had no good food for us to eat. This was how bad Circadi was. When we got there in our Jeeps, there was a deflated soccer ball in the back of the Jeep. One of the boys found the deflated soccer ball, no air in it whatsoever, and they played a soccer game all day with the deflated soccer ball. So when we got clean water in Circadi, we praised the Lord because we found clean water. When we got food that was edible, we praised God because we got food that was edible. When each and every person woke up and we checked to be sure that we didn't have a mosquito bite that carried malaria or Ebola or Zika or whatever was the disease of that year, we praised the Lord because we had life and we had each other. And I'm not saying, once again, that we shouldn't have low standards of things, but many of us need to understand that the same things that I was grateful for in Haiti is the same things that we should all be grateful for here in the United States of America. And the more we show an attitude of gratitude, the less likely we are to become easily angered when something doesn't go our way. 
the next thing we need to do is we need to admit mistakes and imperfections. You know, the more you try to portray yourself as someone who does nothing wrong, the more sensitive you'll be when someone sees past that facade. Let yourself be human. If you forget something, just tell somebody, I forget. Don't be like, oh, man, I was so busy and I got caught up. I'm so sorry. Just say you forgot. It's okay. That person will not hate you for it. I hope not. After this message. Be honest when you're tired. If you don't want to do something, just say, hey, listen, maybe another time, but I'm not there for it. Because the more you do things out of the idea of you being some type of superhuman, the more you start having more resentment towards the things that you do for people. The next thing is you just need to laugh more. Don't take yourself so seriously. Next, after that, you need to take care of yourselves. And let me say this as your pastor, and I say this in love. Many of us in here need to start eating better. We need to start sleeping more. We need to start exercising. And I'm not saying that in the sense of you trying to have some image of health. health. But what I am saying is that the more you take care of your body, the better you're just going to feel about yourself. The better you're going to be able to interact with other people and even think and process things. It's a way of reducing stress in your life. And last but not least, know what triggers make you angry and halt, which is stop whenever you are hungry, annoyed, lonely, or tired. I know myself, and I know when I am hungry, I am not the greatest pastor you have ever met. I'm just going to be honest. My wife knows anytime I just seem a little bit more irritated, she's like, oh, my goodness, get him a Snickers or something. <laughs> Clearly, he's hungry. But maybe for you, it's something different. And the better you know yourself, the better you could be like, you know what? I can't have this conversation right now. I'm a little bit too tired. I can't handle this well. I'm going to back up. Or whatever one of the things in Holt is. Pastor Stephen Francis giving us a fantastic Six-point list of things we can do to, you know, not be in this crazy, you know, uh, angry hurry all the time, I guess. <laughs> so is there anything you would kind of take away or add to that list? Well, I would add never be in too much of a hurry to help somebody else because at the end of the day, we're supposed to love our neighbor like we love ourselves. I love that. Yeah, it's a great – because we, we are – kind of in this crazy hurry all the time, all the time yeah. and, and it yeah. seems almost pointless half of the time because we're we're i have to go here i have to go there i have to get this appointment done what'd your mother tell you 15 it's better to be 15 minutes early <laughs> than to be 15, 15 minutes. minutes late absolutely yes. and if you are early and you're not stressed and rushed you can be who god made you to be i love that sentiment that really makes a lot of sense too because i think we get kind of wrapped up in this vision yeah. of what we want right. ourselves to be. And I'm, I'm going to throw it back to mom again, another shout out to mom. But it's like, if, if you want to make God laugh, yeah. tell him your plans, right? <laughs> so, right. He has, so he That's already right. has a plan for us. That's right. And we think like yeah. we have this idea. So what are kind of some of the ways that we can be more comfortable with just being ourselves and not this idea of ourselves. Well, he says, don't be so stressed out all the time because realize that, that God is God and he's on the throne. He's in charge of all this. And uh, if you lead, begin every day with that attitude, with that sense that he's in control of all these things, that immediately takes away stress. Mm, okay. All right, God is always in control. 
that's going to take away my stress for right now anyway. So we're going to go ahead and take a break, <laughs> but we'll be right back with more Rev Joe Watkins and Ambo TV. Whether I have 10 more minutes or, or 20 more years, I just want to bring awareness to who Jesus is and how great he is and what he's done for me. And when you see it that way, when you look at it that way, far from being taken out by your hardship, you in your hard times will discover that they are making you stronger. All right, Pastor Levi, let's go wrapping it up for us. And as we do at the end of every show, I like to ask our guests to give us a Bible scripture that kind of ties into the clip that we just saw. Yeah, uh, Brother Dean, I would say Romans 8, 31 to 39, nothing can separate us from God's love. And I don't care what you're going through in this life, whether you're going through a hard time, whether you have money or don't have money or a problem with drugs, whatever it is that may be ailing you, know this, that God loves you, loves you more than you'll ever know, and nothing can separate you from his love. God bless you. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you so much for that message. Thank, Thank you, you for Dean. coming again. Thank you, Dean. Please come again. Absolutely. All right, awesome. Absolutely. And thank you to our partnering churches, Hope Church with Pastor Jordan, Fresh Life Church with Pastor Levi, and Valley Christian with Pastor Stephen. Thank you guys for those inspiring messages. Please keep them coming. And to see the complete sermons and other great sermons, head over to ambotv.com. We always have great content there for you guys. And you can sign up for our daily newsletter and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you guys so much for watching. Good night, and I'll see you next week.